All right, so we're here on the debut episode of Couch Coach Live Presents Round the Draft. Uh, we're going to be going through uh, just topics throughout the NFL draft up until um, the draft in, in April. So we're here. Um, tonight we're going to um, discuss the quarterbacks. And, of course, I got my off-the-ball network colleague, a.k.a. the quarterback whisperer, as I affectionately call him, my guy Stu. What's going on, Stu? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm good, man. How are you? Everything is great, man. And, um, you know, before we get started, I know, you know, we're, we're really supposed to be concerned with the NFL draft, this current class of 2021, but we got to kind of go back in the day. Uh, we got to talk about the number two overall quarterback in the uh, 2016 draft. And Christmas says came early for you, too. As people may not know, you're an Indianapolis Colts fan and Carson Wentz is an Indy. So, man, your thoughts on Carson Wentz landing in, in, in Indy? Yeah, I mean, I'm still still a little bit on cloud nine. I, I think just the fact that like we I I mean like what I what I like to call it, we give up a box of cookies and a bag of chips to get Carson Wentz. Uh is is exciting to me, but I think you know, having some time a few hours now to let it sit down, you know, you, you do have to take in consideration the way he played last season. Yeah, the questions are like, is he mentally broken? But I, I do think that, you know, if there's a place that's going to turn him around, if there's a coach that, that can do it, it's Frank Reich because he did it in 2017 and Carson Wentz was an MVP caliber quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, right now I'm on cloud nine. We got our franchise quarterback, and we didn't have to mortgage the franchise to do it. Absolutely. That's the one thing we talked about earlier where, yeah, right, you see how other teams have been essentially doving out multiple picks and multiple assets for that. And like you said, this is kind of a situation, you know, so that's definitely, uh, you know, great for you guys. So, and then, you know, of course you have your quarterback, other few, I mean, your franchise quarterback, and then, you, then, you know, we got T-Law coming, Trevor Lawrence, um, maybe, you know, more than likely is going to be a number one overall pick. I'm going to Jacksonville. So, so Trevor Lawrence had this. I don't, I guess you would consider that a pro day, even though it, it was his pro day. He did yeah, it, he did yeah. it early because he's having yeah. that left shoulder surgery. Yeah. So that's why he did it early. But yeah, it was his pro day. They're not doing the combine this year. Yeah. So since they're not doing the combine, they have to do it with, you know, um, they have to do the pro days, which is, is okay, but also kind of sucks because some of the lower guys don't get to go to the combine. And so, you know, it, we'll see. And, um, you know, and we talked about how we say, so during, uh, in that, um, the Clemson, well, T-Laws, essentially, with Trevor Lawrence, and he stopped, you know, doing that, but Tra Trevor Lawrence's uh, pro day. Um, did you see anything that you really haven't seen in the past three years, anything that kind of stuck out in that, um, in that pro day? No, I mean, I think, I mean, he's a guy that, me, you know, every draft person you, you listen to, I mean, he's, he's the best prospects since Andrew Luck. I mean, it's, he, it's, it's hard to find any flaws for him. I mean, there are some, but there's very, very little. And, you know, pro days are meant to make you look good. They're meant to make you look great because you're not playing against the defense. You don't have to recognize things. You're throwing on the air with guys that you're usually comfortable throwing the ball with. That's what, that's what um, Trevor Lawrence did. And Lawrence looks great, and he looked great. Uh, I, I mean, I think unless he came out completely just stunk up the joint, I think he would have – that would have been a time where they're like, okay, well, maybe. But 
Other than that, I mean, I don't think there was much he could have done to mess up his spot of being the number one quarterback in this draft. And I honestly don't think like I, I love, we'll talk about my quarterback too. That's on the list, but I mean, I think there's a gap between one and two. Absolutely. And it's funny now. And what I, it's weird. I used to hate this, hate these things about the draft, but now it's like, I like it because it's weird because there was an article the other day that was talking about, well, a lot of people are looking at um, the kid from BYU. Zach Wilson, as, yeah. Zach Wilson as as the de facto it, like he's better than um Trevor Lawrence. And that's what and that's why I like it right right around this time of year where we always have these type of kind of I wouldn't say innuendos, but kind of like smoke screens. So you, yeah. your thoughts on smoke screens at this point. And you know, I don't know if they are smoke screens. Like what you'll see a lot of times in these articles are these these reporters talk to a GM or a scout of a team and you know it, you, you may talk to one GM. He may, he may have talked to the GM of the Dolphins, right? I am just bringing that up as an example. And he may have said, you know, we like Zach Wilson better. Well, I mean, that like fits their offense better. So they may, they may like Zach Wilson better. It doesn't mean that like that's the overall like thought process of, of every GM in the league. And I, so a lot of times, like when they say that, it, they're probably telling the truth because, like, the GM that they talk to or the NFL executive that they talk to probably does have Zach Wilson higher or Justin Fields or Trey Lance higher than than Trevor Lawrence. But it doesn't mean that that's the overwhelming majority. And you know, a lot of times, you know, I mean, for instance, right? Obviously, Ryan Pace had Mitchell Trubisky higher than he had Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. You don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but I mean. You know, all it takes is one DM to fall in love with one quarterback over another, and it's not that hard to talk yourself into it. And a lot of times, that's what GMs do. And you know, it, that's what happens. Come this this draft time, people start falling in love with guys, and you know, sometimes they they oversee their flaws. Yeah, and also, I think, and it's weird as it kind of we talk about this too. I think this might potentially help help the Jets in a sense where if, say, for instance. You hear that and you're like, okay, well, I can get get uh Wilson at this point, and then hey, Jess, you want to trade out because I don't know how you feel about um Sam Donald. I don't know if you want to get somebody else at that pick or what have you. So it definitely kind of helps kind of help their value. Yeah, and I don't I don't know how the Jets feel about Sam Donald, but you know, I've been saying it, you know, I've talked about it on my show, I've talked about it on Jeff's, I've talked yeah. about it a, a lot that you know, if I'm the Jets, there's only one quarterback I give up Sam Darnold for. And that was Trevor Lawrence. And now that you're not going to get him, I I go Panay Sewell there at two. And, and if you if you can't get there and you get a really really good offer from a team like maybe Atlanta or Carolina or somebody who wants to jump up to go get Zach Wilson, then I say you make that deal. But for me, if I'm the Jets, I don't take the quarterback at two. Because I, I think Sam Darnold's the guy, but again, I'm not the GM. I don't know what they're thinking, but that's what I would be thinking is, you know, Panay Sewell would be the number two overall pick if I was picking for the New York Jets. And then, I mean, what, what do you got to lose? If if Sam Darnold has another bad year, you're, you're still paying him a rookie contract, and next year you can get a guy like Sam Howell or a Spencer Rattler who's going to be really, really good. Yeah. The, the the 2021 Heisman Trophy uh, winner, which I'll put it in the air, Sam Howell, by uh, yeah, my pick. <laughs> UNC stand up. So, 
Yeah, and I definitely agree with you um, on that as far as the Jets getting Pinnell Sue. I've been saying that too as well. I'm like, you, 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 you know, coupled with Makai Becton, they're interchangeable parts on the offensive line. And hell, you you can build off of those guys. And like you said, if it's if it's bad, you can get another quarterback in in 2022, and you know, and what have you. You know, you you have that type of flexibility, that type of option. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, people talking about, like, what position does Panay Sewell play? And, like, you know, is he a left? Does he play left or right? Like, he plays the same position as Makai Becton. Okay, so, like, move him to the, to the left side. Dang. Move him to the right side. Like, Dang. you know, it, the point is, like, tackle still tackle. I understand that, like, you know, I never played offensive line, so I can't speak for, like, the offensive line. But, you know, I still know that, like, at the end of the day, some of the basics are still some of the basics. And if you're if you're as good of a prospect as Panay Sewell is, that's I mean to me it's a no brainer. I would take Panay Sewell, and then you have a plus they have a second first round pick as well already. So I mean I I could see them going two offensive linemen in this draft, sure up that offensive line. Uh, I mean Miami's kind of set the precedent. Yep. They just got to look in their own division as to what you got to do to build a winner, and you know, Miami's really turned it around. But yeah, I I get that all the time. It's like, well, him and Mackay Beck didn't play the same position. And it's like, okay, well, move one to the other side. Like you're going from protecting the right side to the left side or the left side to the right side. It's not that I don't think there's that big of a difference in the NFL. Thank you. And I say the same thing because it's like, right. And it's just like with those two, you figure it out. They they both are plug and play. You you figure it out, you know. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's different, right? So, like, I'll give you an example. Like, the Colts, mm-hmm. Anthony Consanzo left. He played left tackle. Quentin Nelson plays guard. Now, there's a bit of a difference between guard and tackle. I still think Quentin Nelson can play tackle if they want to move him there. That's what some people have suggested. But, I, you know, Quentin Nelson's the best guard in football, so I think you should keep him at guard. And, like, that's the difference. If he was playing – now, I wouldn't have a problem if he was going from left guard to right guard because, like, it's still the guard position. But, you know, left tackle to – right tackle is no big deal. So, I mean, that's that's my thought process on it, to have him and Makai, to have Penesol and Makai Becton on the same offensive line. Those are some corner cornerstone offensive alignment you're going to have for the next decade that no matter who your quarterback is, whether it's Sam Darnold or whoever else, I mean, they're going to they're gonna thank the GM of the Jets for making that pick. <laughs> Absolutely. So... So now the question is, and this is always, I think this is now in this draft, this is probably the number one question is who is QB two in the class of 2021 quarterback class? For me personally, it's Justin Fields. And I'm going to ask that everyone please stop mocking um, Zach Wilson above Justin Fields in your mock drafts because Justin Fields is clearly the second best quarterback. And listen, I love, I love Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson is going to have a great NFL career. And I think he's going to play for the next 10 to 15 years, but here's the thing, coach. I I think that at the end of the day, there are two different guys. I mean, I, I said coming into the year, this was a two horse race and even said that, you know, Justin Fields may at the end of the season, depending on how he plays push Trevor Lawrence for the number one overall pick. It was a two-horse race. It was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and then there was everybody else. Justin Fields had it. The Indiana game was bad. The Northwestern game was bad. Um, 
but you know, I think that to me, there there is a gap between Lawrence and Fields, but then there's a gap between Fields and the rest of the field. So, I mean, even though there's a gap between Lawrence and Fields, I think the gap between Fields and number three is larger than the gap between Fields and, and Lawrence, if you ask me. Absolutely. And like you said, and that's how it was in the beginning. And then he so also um, just as a progression as a season. So, yeah, I definitely um, agree with that one because, you know, like you said, it's and like you said, and even in the games where he struggled, these weren't they, they were great teams. I mean, they were. Um, yeah. I, and yeah. I also I also think that all of his mistakes. Listen, I think the thing that Fields does is he hangs on to the ball too long. You saw that in Indiana when he was getting pressure. He didn't listen. He had never gotten pressured the way he got pressured versus Indiana in his entire career at Ohio state. So this is the first time we watched him play pressure and he panicked and he threw some picks. And it was a bad football game. I, I, I get that. And you know, he holds on even in the game against Clemson where everyone was like, Justin Fields, you know, resurrected himself. He even played like, I mean, there were times where he had open guys, but he was hanging on to one read way too long. But all these mistakes that I'm talking about are, are mistakes that can be coached and mistakes that, you know, I, I have, I mocked him in my mock draft going to Atlanta. That to me would be the perfect spot for him to sit behind a guy like Matt Ryan, because the, the Falcons can't get rid of him for another year anyways, or they're going to eat a huge sal- salary cap burden that they can't afford to eat. So, you know, they'll keep Matt Ryan. If he sits behind a guy like Matt Ryan, I, I think that's that's the best possible scenario for a guy like Justin Fields. I, and I talked about this with Jeff. I mean, you see it with Tua, right? Like I like Tua coming out, but Tua had some had some things that he didn't do well. And you saw it when he got pressured. He he fell back on those things he did in college that he didn't do well. And if Justin Fields goes to a team like Carolina or he goes to a team like Detroit where he's going to be maybe not Detroit now, but if he goes to a place like Carolina where he gets asked to be the day one guy, I think the problem is he may fall back on some of those holding onto the ball too long, the making the one read thing, which still could be coached and doesn't mean that like he's going to be a bust. But I think that like he, if he sits a season, I think, or even half a season, those things are going to be reduced significantly. And you will see the quarterback that I've been telling people every for the last however many months has been one B until this season. And now he's a, He's locked in it too, in my book. Yeah. And like you said, I think we kind of need to kind of go back to those days where guys used to sit in the beginning. And I used to, and it's funny because it used to be that way where guys would learn essentially from that system. Like you said, if he, if he can learn from a guy like I met Ryan to kind of, that would definitely help his career tremendously. And it's just, especially when you're in a predicament where you are at a team where you really don't have, they're just going to throw you in the fire. They don't have any, any ways to help you. So I definitely agree with that. And I think he would be a one out of all, you know, especially that would benefit from at least, like you said, at least half the season. If the season goes bad, maybe after the bad week of that, of that, of what we go season that he plays. But yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. And, you know, yeah. And I, and think, I, I think the guys that, you know, I mean, you talked about it, right. The old, uh, the old way, like Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre, right? Like yeah. that's some of those things. I think the guy that I just mentioned, Matt Ryan and, and Joe Flacco, at least in my time from when I've been following football, were the first ones to really get to start as rookies. And it's yeah. kind of been that way since they got drafted 
where they didn't they don't really sit behind guys anymore. They're kind of asked to come in and and play great football like Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco did in their their rookie years. Yeah, and then now, and it's funny the one who modern day who who said, and it's, it's it was Patrick Mahomes. And, yeah, and it's funny how you would think how the NFL is such a copycat league where they would do that. Now, because you think, okay, well, he's a, you know, he's um, a, a league MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. He's been the Super Bowl twice. Like you would definitely think how the NFL is, where it's a copycat league, where hey, let's get, you know, let the let the veteran, let the vet play, and then let him play in garbage time in garbage time the last, uh, you know, the last ending of the season. So yeah, yeah, and I mean, even as recently as this year, before. The doctor punctured his lung. I mean, you saw it with Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor, right? I mean, so you you saw it there too. And then Justin Herbert kind of took the reins and never looked back. It was kind of like a Brady Bledsoe situation. But I mean, you you saw it there. The same thing happened. You know, he sat behind behind Taylor and he and he launched into being a an arguably a top ten quarterback. Absolutely. So. Even though I know you already have a franchise quarterback, and I know Christmas came early for you as well. So in this class of 2021, a quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence, who would you start your franchise with today? For me, I think it would be I think it would be Justin Fields. I mean, we just mentioned Justin Fields as the number two quarterback in this class. So I think I would be almost lying if I said or or being a hypocrite if I didn't take Justin Fields as the guy that not named Trevor Lawrence to build my franchise with. So I think he's got everything you want. I, I I said coming in, I felt like he was a smaller, better passing version of Cam Newton. And then, you know, your question could be like, well, why, why would you want a smaller Cam Newton? Look at all the hits he took. Well, he's a better passer. So he's not going to be running as much as Cam did. Like, you know, you're seeing some of those things. Like I watch him run and I'm like, you know, I see a bit of Cam there, but then I watch him throw and I'm like, this guy, like, and, and, you know, here's something I talked with Jeff about on when he did his highlight show earlier in the week was this. People don't know this much, but the Elite 11, the top 11 quarterbacks in high school go to this, this camp called the Elite 11 and they compete to be ranked 1 through 11. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence were the top two quarterbacks in that Elite 11 camp. Do you know who won? And it's all about passing. It has nothing to do with throwing or nothing to do with running. Do you know who won that Elite 11 camp? Justin Fields. Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. So just to tell you what kind of passer he is, he's a, I mean, he's, a, he's an elite passer. He's up there with guys like Trevor Lawrence. I just think some of his mistakes are coachable. And, you know, if I if I was – if the Colts didn't get Carson Wentz today, I would have been beaten on the table for them to trade up and get a guy like Justin Fields. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, most definitely. So when I – this class is kind of like we we kind of touched on kind of the um you know certain um quarterbacks in this draft class and we kind of well, I want to kind of look at more of some from a historical perspective at this point. So we look at the you know the class of uh 83 um you know other class even at, at one point you can say the class of 2012 even this year's um quarterback class of 2020 um was you know pretty good as far as historical significance. How do you think this class of 2021 of quarterbacks, how are they going to stack up in, um, in, in in history, essentially? So, like, I mean, going back to, you know, 83, it was Elway, Kelly, Mario, and then even some of the guys that 
you know, were, were really good that never really panned out to be Hall of Famers. And then you look, to me, the next best is, is 2004 with Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, and Eli Manning. And then, you know, 2012, Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, Kirk Cousins, you had Nick Foles, you had, you know, Russell Wilson. I, I would compare this one to a lot of, like, the 2018 draft class. I think you're going to see five quarterbacks go in the first round. I really do. I, I, I don't know where. I don't know who number five is depending on who you like, whether you like Mac Jones or you, you like Kyle Trask, you know, whoever, there will be five going in the first round. I, I think the, the top four are pretty much locked, and they're, the top four are pretty much going to be top ten picks. Um, I think if if any of these quarterbacks, if one through three, Lawrence, Fields, or um, Wilson come were able to come out last year after the season that they had this year, they they would all have gone over Joe Burrow, in my opinion, as the number one overall pick. I, I just think that, you know, I understand the season that Joe Burrow had and I understand what he did at LSU was was fantastic. And that's why he became the number one overall pick. And he beat Trevor Lawrence head to head in the national championship. But that, I mean, at the end of the day, if you had to choose between Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, 10 out of 10 times you're taking Trevor Lawrence. And I would argue nine out of 10 times you're probably taking Justin Fields. And I would say seven out of 10 times you're probably taking, you know, Zach Wilson from BYU. So I, I think this class, if not, and you take Joe Burrow number one overall, Tua falls, Justin Herbert falls, Jordan Love probably is a second round pick. When you look at, at the end of the day, like this, this class is loaded and I would compare it with the 2018 draft. I think you're going to see a lot of guys going to in the first round and, you know, some of them may not pan out, but I think you're going to see five five quarterbacks go in the first round. Nice, nice. And and they, actually, it's a great thing because we actually allude to this one. So who are your, your top five quarterbacks in this class? Yeah, I mean, one one is obviously Lawrence. I mean, I, I would be off my rocker, I guess, if I didn't <laughs> say Trevor Lawrence is number one overall pick or the number one overall quarterback. I have Justin Fields at two for all the reasons I mentioned, I think. I think he's a very elusive runner, a very, very good thrower, underrated thrower of the football, to be honest with you. Yeah. Zach Wilson's three. I mean, I think Zach Wilson, to me, is a guy who who can play. And I, I don't want to do this to him because it's a lot of praise. And it's when you compare him to these people, this is when expectations get put there. But he makes a lot of Patrick Mahomes-esque type throws. Those are the type of throws he makes. The throws where you look at it, you – you look at the the tape and you're like, you scratch your head because you're like, how did he do that? Like, I haven't seen very many quarterbacks do that. So, I mean, those are the type of throws he makes. And then number four, I have Trey Lance. The question about Trey Lance is he hasn't played in a year. And, I mean, because he took the year off. And and also, the one game that they did play for him, he didn't play great throwing the football. He, he was more of a runner. He didn't, he didn't throw the ball great. So the question becomes, you know, what, what are you going to get out of Trey Lance? And then I have... Mac Jones at five over Kyle Trask. And I go back and forth. You could ask me in an hour who I have, and I'll probably switch it. <laughs> I go back and forth all the time. I, I think Mac is a better deep ball thrower. I think Mac does some better, is able to recognize the defense a little bit better than Kyle Trask does, which is why, to me, I gave him the edge at five over Kyle Trask. But you can almost say 5A and 5B for for Trask and and Mac Jones but my five is Lawrence Fields Wilson um Lance and and Jones okay cool 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 
So, so which middle slash late round projected quarterback? Who do you see that we can look out for? A guy that I would say maybe like it's a, it maybe a Russell Wilson, a Jalen Hurts, somebody who could probably potentially start this year or make it uh, make somewhat of an impact on an on NFL franchise uh, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I. You know, I know a lot of people are going to say Kellen Mond. I'm not a big Kellen Mond guy. I I, I don't see the hype around Kellen Mond. I, I don't know why people like him so much. I understand he's a senior bowl MVP, but I don't like him. If if I had to choose, it's a guy who I felt had a lot to prove coming into this year. And hopefully the year off and working with a quarterback coach, he's improved. I think he can be a Dak Prescott type of guy where he comes in at a fourth round pick and he really steps up and becomes the starting quarterback. And that's Jamie Newman. He did play at Georgia. Now then he played, I think at Wake Vanderbilt. Well, Wait. transferred from Wake Forest Washington. and went to Georgia. And then he, he took the year off because of COVID. I, I think Jamie Newman's a guy who's going to going to go in the fourth round, maybe third round. And he's going to be a guy that sits behind somebody who, you know, it, it could be a drew lock. It could be, you know, anybody, and then you look at it, one injury, he steps in and never looks back. Like, I think he, if, and this is a big if, if his passing has improved, he could be the guy to me that makes that leap into being, you know, a Dak Prescott type of guy where we see a fourth round quarterback come in and, and we all put our arms around him and, and want him to get paid like a franchise guy. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely yeah, that's definitely a, 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 a possibility. Especially you know, like you said, like he could be behind someone that person gets hurt, and then it's all she wrote. But yeah, man. So I, yeah, I'm also a big Ian Book fan from Notre Dame. I, do I think Ian Book's going to ever light the world on fire? No, of course not. But could he be a Case Keenum guy, Case Keenum type of quarterback? Sure. And people look at it and they're gonna scoff and be like, like Case Keenum, but. He went 13 and three and went to an NFC championship game. So, I mean, if the odds are perfect and the team's perfect around Ian book, I think he could take you to 13 and three and an NFC championship game or an AFC championship game. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to come in and light the world on fire, but he's a guy who I think is going to have a 10 or 15 year career and going to get a couple chances to start. And he'll be a bridge guy. He'll never be the guy, but he'll be a guy who fills in until they get their, their guy. Absolutely, absolutely. So definitely appreciate you, Stu, for the, coming on to the first episode of Round the Draft. We're going to have you around here, so <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so where can they find your social media, Stu? Yeah, uh, it's it's at StuPock5 on Twitter or at uh, The Morning the morning Brew. You can also get me on Instagram at, at Stu Morning as well on Instagram there, and then you know, SoundClouds where you can find the, the podcast along with um, Spotify and the podcast is the morning brew is still nice. Nice. Definitely looking forward to it and definitely looking forward to everything which I'm right up with the draft um, leading up to the draft and definitely appreciate you. Our first guest around the draft and definitely appreciate you too once again. And uh, let's put a ball in this week's around the draft and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>